Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. I do podcast episode eight. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. We're very excited to introduce our guest today, Rachel Dack. Hi, Rachel. 
Hey, Rachel. Hi, Sarah and Chase. How's it going? Great. How are you? Good, thank you. Happy to be here. Rachel is a licensed clinical professional counselor in the state of Maryland and a nationally certified counselor. She obtained a Master's of Science degree in clinical community counseling in mental health psychology from John Hopkins University. She holds a BS degree in family science from the University of Maryland and has completed significant coursework in early childhood education and family dynamics. Rachel is also a relationship expert and writer for DatingAdvice.com, eHarmony Advice, and many other great publications. We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself, and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Absolutely. Well, I am so passionate about helping others improve their relationships, and I truly believe that the healthier we are as individuals, the healthier our relationships can be. So basically what I do is I work as a, psych- as a psychotherapist and also a relationship coach. I have a private practice in Bethesda, Maryland, and I see individuals and couples. And some of the things that I specialize in are anxiety and self-esteem and mindfulness and dating and kind of how all of that goes together to create healthier relationships and also to help people really live more authentic and meaningful lives and break through anything that's in the way, any barriers, any thoughts, any old experiences, traumas, anything like that that's in the way of what they want for themselves. So it's really an honor. I I love my job. I think it's a lot of fun, and I really, really love helping people with all different sorts of issues. Our topic today is love at first sight. You wrote an article titled, What's the Deal with Love at First Sight? Can you explain to us what sparked your interest in writing this article? Yes, absolutely. Well, a lot of my clients who are dating or um, are actually in relationships, sometimes they'll come in and they'll wonder if what they have is really right for them or real or even love. And I think what happens for them, and, and I hear a lot about this, is they're really comparing what they have and what they feel with how love is depicted in the media. Um, it's all over entertainment. It's all over social media now. It's all over movies, TV, books, you name it. You know, even in Disney movies when we're little, we, you know, we watch all these movies about love at first sight. And I think it's, it's great. It's definitely a real concept, but it can also set people up for really feeling insecure about what they have or how love feels like for them. So it comes up in conversation with clients a lot, and that um, actually made me want to write the article. I wrote the article for eHarmony. And I think it's, again, it's a great concept, but sometimes it's setting people up for real unrealistic expectations. And also um, just this idea that, you know, they're always comparing. And so if they feel like they don't have a fairy tale and their relationship takes work, then it's not right. And that may not be true. So that's how I got on that topic. It's really interesting. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it. And I know myself personally, kind of you go through a struggle where you see in the media and movies, like you mentioned, this love at first sight and the romance behind it. But then if you don't really have it, you start to question yourself. And I'm I'm speaking um, personally. And so I can definitely relate to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's such a great point. I think a lot of times people you know, they go to that place, something's wrong with me or something's wrong with my partner or something's wrong with my relationship because it doesn't look exactly like it does in the movies. And, you know, that's the thing. We all want love and we all want to be loved and we don't know exactly how to create this. And a lot of times we're getting this information from places like the media 
And so it's really, you know, a great reminder to, to check in and to remember that love can grow and it looks a little bit differently. It takes time. It takes work. It takes nurturance. And that, you know, it's important to have a physical connection or some sort of emotional connection and attraction right off the bat. But nothing's wrong if you don't have that. And you shouldn't necessarily weed anybody out because you don't feel that that love right away as we see in the movies so often. Is there any advice you would give to somebody who's maybe coming across those feelings or not quite sure of how to deal with it? Yeah. Do you want advice for an individual or somebody in a relationship who's questioning their love? Uh, Maybe somebody in a relationship. Well, I would just say to really turn that arrow back in and on yourself and, and on the relationship and to not get caught up in what everybody else is doing. I think, you know, a client that I'm specifically thinking about right now, um, who was one of the clients that sparked my interest in this topic, um, she has a great relationship and it's really healthy, but she gets very caught up in, you know, how love is, is what love looks like on Facebook and in books and in the movies. And we really talk about turning, you know, tuning back into herself and the relationship that she has and to be really grateful for it and to address her needs there and to really honor what she feels because, you know, we do go into this compare mode and, and I think Facebook really is sort of putting that front and center for a lot of people in relationships and a lot of people who are single. So to just really enjoy what you have and, and trust the feelings that you feel. You know, if you feel in love, then that's your way of, of being in love. And that may be explained differently than how somebody else would explain it. And it's really all okay. I think comparing it to relationships on Facebook or your friends' relationships can really be a, a blinder for how your relationship really is because you're always looking at, oh, well, my friend's relationship is like this and that. And I think that can be a, a pretty big issue. Yes, yes. And honestly, I think it's getting worse. So that's why it's really important to, you know, one of the things I do is, is to try to create that that proactive approach to creating love and keeping it. Um, and to, you know, just keep tuning back in and appreciating what you have because there's a lot out there and, you know, it definitely can set up people to feel trapped or insecure or inadequate. But again, to really appreciate, you know, the relationship that you have and to nurture it so that it grows into, you know, what you ultimately want it to be. Yeah. And, and you mentioned it getting worse. Social media is only going to get bigger. And I think this is the <laughs> yeah. future of, of relationships, really, because so many people are meeting online. And then even after that, then you have this persona of an online profile. And so the dynamics get, get a little cloudy. So you'll be busy, I think. <laughs> well, yes, it's, it's all very interesting. Dating is um, so fascinating right now with, with technology. And, and all that. And um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. But yes, we definitely all have to be very cautious and, and remember that. And also appreciate social media for what it is, you know? Exactly. It's not real life. <laughs> <laughs> no, and well, and it's, you know, it's, that's the thing about the movies and stuff. It, it yeah. can feel so real because we love it and we're drawn to it and we thrive on it as a culture. But again, it's not, it's not the end all be all for what a real relationship looks like. And, you know, I, again, with the unrealistic expectations thing, I really think that sometimes it sets people up for, um, for thinking that relationships don't need work or that your life's magically going to change when this man or woman appears. And it's, it's just a lot more than that. So again, that's something we, you know, we all need to remember as well. 
Excellent. And you talk about the scientific proof for love at first sight. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes. So basically, there's been a lot of research that shows that right off the bat, we determine what type of relationship we want with somebody. And this happens within minutes of meeting them. We you know, very, very quickly decide if we're physically attracted to this person, if we want to be romantically invested with them or not. And then from there, we decide, you know, what type of effort are we going to put in to getting to know the person? And with love at first sight, there is definitely a lot of research that's emerging. It's showing that it is possible. And what happens, what they're finding is that there's a release of chemicals in our brain and these chemicals they they include dopamine and adrenaline and others that they actually create a high which can feel like falling in love or what you know how people describe love so um the chemicals lead to all sorts of things like people say you know an increased heart rate or those butterflies that you feel in your stomach and that is one of the way one of the reasons why we know that there is scientific proof um, so that's kind of the, the short story of that. Um, and again, it, it is scientifically proven. And it's also really important to remember that just because you feel that or you do say that you fall in love at first sight, it doesn't mean that your relationship will last. Um, it's just this initial sort of chemical reaction to meeting somebody new. But, but really, relationships take much more than that, um, you know, mutual connection, um, commitment, trust, honesty, respect, time together, all those all those good things, similar values. So um, so it definitely takes more, but they are saying that it does exist and many couples will, will say that it happens to them. So it, there's really no right or wrong. I mean, even with the scientific proof, you can choose to believe it or not believe it or believe it to be true for you or not so much. But, but the key is, and a lot of what I talk about is just really being open to meeting people different ways, even if you feel it right off the bat or you don't, to just really be open to achieving love if that's what you want. Yeah, and like you said, even there is no right or wrong way. I think that's important for people to take home. And even if it's scientifically proven, if you don't have love at first sight, it doesn't mean it, that it's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you don't have love at first sight, it doesn't mean that it's right. It goes right, both right. ways. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's that's the other piece that people remember. Sometimes people will be so you know, in love or infatuated or connected or attracted to somebody at the beginning. But sometimes that can also work against them because sometimes they'll end up missing those red flags or anything that isn't really working for them once they get to know the person. So that's sort of a, a different struggle. So, so yeah, it's kind of a, obviously important to be aware of all of this. In your article, you mentioned that there are two commitments that will help you enhance your love life. Can you go over those uh, two commitments that you talk about in the article? Yeah. So the first commitment is really just, it, it's kind of about changing your thoughts, actually, to just create more openness and curiosity as you go out and date and meet, and meet new people. It's also about really being um, aware and present in the moment. And so, you know, what I, what I say is if you do believe in love at first sight, that's fine. Again, there's no right or wrong but also to try to make room for the belief that you don't have to have love at first sight to fall in love and that love, you know, can happen more slowly. And so one of the things that you can practice if, if you are, you know, if there is somebody that believes that the only way to fall in love is to have it right at that beginning, that initial meeting, is to just make room for other thoughts. So you can sort of, you can use 
um, affirmations, other statements you can say, even something as simple as there are many ways to meet a great partner, you know, I can take my time to fall in love, love grows, just so that you're not limiting yourself to just rigidly believing that it's the only way. Um, and the second one is just to make a point to getting to know people who spark any interest in you. Again, it might not feel like we're, sh- you know, we're seeing in the movies or that grand feeling that, that, that some people say they feel. But if you feel anything towards a person, whether it's, you know, a physical, a sexual, a emotional attraction, just any sense of wanting to get to know that person to really make an effort to do so. And just, again, remember that relationships take time and, Um, You know, love is definitely something that takes time to cultivate and it grows whether or not you feel it at the beginning. And just to really invite love in so that when you're out and about and you're, you know, online dating or whatever you're doing to meet people, that that you're viewing yourself as as really open to the experience. Um, And so that's that's the second one for you, just to commit to getting to know a variety of men or women that that spark any interest in you. Your experience in couples therapy, what's one of the biggest reasons couples struggle in their relationship? Sure, that's a great question. Well, I definitely think that one of them that we kind of touched on before is unrealistic expectations, but I'm actually going to go with another one. (laughs) Um, I think there's a few. But a lot of what I see is once that excitement period is over and the relationship turns into commitment, a lot of times couples take it for granted. And this is manifested in different ways. So maybe it it looks like, um, you know, as a couple, you're less likely to do things that you did at the beginning together that made you feel happy and connected together. Um, Maybe you get a little too comfy or a little too lazy and you're kind of in that rut that some couples describe. And and a lot of times that leads to losing that spark. Um, So I see that a lot. People kind of get, they get really comfortable and they like their relationship and it's going well or well enough and they really forget to nurture it. Um, and, And a lot of times too what happens is they'll lose sight of taking care of themselves. And that's a big one that I see. People just kind of get, you know, they have the relationship, so they're just not, you know, working on themselves as, as hard or being being very present in the relationship. You know, your partner's there, but maybe you're not spending as much time with them or not connecting in the way that you did at the beginning. So I think I think that happens a lot. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, and we've had a few relationship experts, you know, say the same, some similar things, and they talk about working on yourself. You get a little comfortable. We even talk about redoing your wardrobe. I think Sarah, Sarah ah, liked that uh-huh. one. <laughs> but uh-huh. There's certainly a lot of things that you can do to keep that spark alive. Date night is another fun one. Yes, yes. Date night is so important. No matter how busy you think you are, there's kids or work or anything like that. It's so great to have that to look forward to and know that it's it's a commitment. It's part of your relationship. I love that. I actually think scheduling and planning in that part is so helpful. And I also think it's it's important to be in the moment and be really spontaneous with your partner. That's another way to keep the spark alive, to change it up. Absolutely. Now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I will each ask a question that's on our mind. Sarah's up first. Okay, yeah. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever worked with a couple that one expressed they had the love at first sight and the other partner said they did not? Were there any issues and did you give them any advice on how to solve it? Wow, that's a really interesting question. I'm trying to think if anybody's actually said I, I fell in love with 
at first sight and the other person didn't. But I think maybe it's it's portrayed or it's stated as, you know, one person or one partner was really pursuing the other. Um, so maybe one partner really was, you know, always more interested in the in, in the other partner and the other partner sort of, you know, maybe got married for different reasons or just felt like, you know, it was a good match, maybe not the greatest thing in the world, but, but kind of tying into, you know, sort of the reasons or the, the different reasons why people pick their partners. So I've definitely seen that. And I think um, I see a lot of times where couples come in and one is much more invested in the relationship than the other. And that can certainly start at the beginning, like you're saying. Um, and your question is, what was the question about the struggles or what I would recommend? Or both. Did you find that was a struggle with anyone that you've worked with? Um, and any advice you would recommend to help them get past that struggle? Yeah, I think it can definitely be a struggle when once you're in a relationship, one partner is more needy or dependent than the other one. Um, that, you know, everybody has different needs and preferences. And sometimes, you know, what, if one partner is the one who's actively pursuing the other or more needy of time and attention, and it, it sort of always looks like that, I definitely think that can create a lot of conflict. It can actually put a lot of pressure on, on the partner that's, you know, less dependent because that partner does value their space and, and can feel a lot of pressure or feeling trapped. So, um, a lot of times if I'm seeing that pattern go on with couples, I'll recommend really taking turns going back and forth, you know, coming towards each other. Um, so maybe, you know, you're sitting next to your partner and you're both working on the computer or watching TV or something to just kind of be together. And then when, you know, one partner goes off in another room to, to not take that so personally, just to kind of let that partner have their space and then come back and re reinitiate that context. So it's not just one-sided so that you feel that both people are coming towards each other. And also just really understanding that, that people do need space um, and that that's okay. That doesn't mean that your relationship is doomed or anything's necessarily wrong. Again, it's just a preference. And, and actually taking space for ourselves is a great way to um, to maintain our own health and wellness anyways. So definitely it can create conflict when one person is much more dependent or pursuing the other. Um, but I don't know if that starts at the beginning. That would actually be a very interesting study to see if that correlated with somebody saying they were, yeah. <laughs> you know, had love at first sight. I'm not exactly sure, but that's very interesting. Sarah, was it love at first sight for me? Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> What was your answer, Sarah? <laughs> I said, of course. Was it? <laughs> Good my, answer. I mean, honestly, my mine. I said, oh, Sarah, you know, I was interested to approach her, but I wasn't like, I'm going to marry that girl in the first five seconds that I saw her. But I think that that's something that I struggled with later in the relationship. And this kind of leads me into to my question, because Sarah sort of, sort of Sarah took mine. We had the same, we had the same <laughs> question. But, um, you talk about love can grow and can you elaborate more on that and what that process is and maybe a timeline for it? Well, one of the things that I really stress is that people fall in love at all different paces and not to push yourself. I'm really into letting it flow naturally. I think a lot of people get into that trap of forcing something that's not there. So love can grow. And a lot of times, it, you know, it takes a really long time to fully get to know somebody. And I think it's a good question. Do we ever really, you know, fully know ourselves or others? Um, so 
just to kind of be patient and, and be gentle with that. And it does take time to cultivate. Again, even if you're feeling it right at the beginning and you do feel um, that spark and, you know, those chemicals are all over in your brain and you're, you're feeling those butterflies, again, that doesn't mean that you know the person. So whether or not you feel it from the beginning, to really invest as much time as you want, but to, to really invest time and energy into getting to know somebody. And that's how you really see if the love will last. Because again, as, as we said earlier, just because you feel it at the beginning doesn't mean that it's going to be there forever. And, and that's the part. It, it takes work. It takes time. Um, it takes a mutual connection. So in terms of a specific timeline, I would say it's, you know, there's, there is really no exact timeline. I would say if you're, you know, if you're dating somebody or with somebody for more than a few months and, and you're really not feeling like you could get there, that's, that's probably something to, to really listen to. You know, I'd say the first year of a relationship is incredibly, incredibly powerful and important in terms of getting to know somebody. And to also be able to do a lot of different things to get to know somebody, that's, that's another thing too. Um, you know, do random activities, you know, get to know each other's friends and family, go on adventures or trips if you can, things like that so that you're really doing all sorts of things to let the, the love develop. And again, not putting any pressure on it too, to just kind of let it be. This is kind of a follow-up question to that, but have you worked with anybody that has been with somebody for maybe a couple months or a year and they feel that they are in love and the other person hasn't said it yet and they're waiting for... Said what? I love you. Yeah, right. said I love you. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have any advice on that? Yeah, so you're saying when one partner feels it but the other person hasn't said it yet, so, so that person who does feel it is holding back right. for... Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, also, you know, it's it's good to say it for yourself. If you really feel it and it's causing you a lot of anxiety not to say it, then I would definitely recommend being true to yourself and saying it. Um, but if you, you know, definitely feel it and you're getting a lot of feedback that the other person doesn't, you know, then maybe that's something to look at too because we all do deserve to to love and to be loved. And again, it does happen at different paces. But, you know, to try to do the best you can to see if you're on the same page. But I always I always like to say, I, you know, I never know the right answer for everybody. I really, truly believe people have their own answers and my role is to help them, them find it. And so, you know, I like to just go with whatever makes you most comfortable and less anxious. So to say it, if you feel like that will help you there. And if not, then don't push it and, and maybe, you know, there'll be an opportunity to say it together. But I, I think it's kind of an individual case-by-case um, decision there. But I, it's important to say, and I think sometimes people get in the trap of, well, I'm waiting for him to say it. Well, I'm waiting for her to say it, you know, and then what happens there. So it's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's always that back and forth, that balance, right? You know, you talk about being true to yourself. And then I think during that timeline is communication is huge. So expressing your feelings. And so the other person knows that you feel that way. Yeah, definitely. And also there's there's a lot of ways to show love versus just saying it. You know, saying I love you is a wonderful thing to say to somebody if you feel it, but there's also a lot you can do 
um, with that person to show them how you feel. And I, and I really like that too, taking action. You know, our words are our words and, and they're powerful and they're meaningful and, and they can be wonderful, but also to really show how you feel through your actions. Um, that's, a, that's a big one too. Cause that's, you know, just saying it is, is not enough, obviously, to make a relationship work either. Now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Rachel, are you ready to help us build lasting love? Absolutely. All right. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? The number one thing you can do on a daily basis to, to improve your relationship is to spend quality time together and to communicate. I don't care how busy you think you are. It is so important to invest some time with your partner. And, you know, when you're communicating, don't make it just about your day, but really share yourself and have that meaningful dialogue. Keep, keep looking at it like you're still getting to know the person and you want to learn more and you want to support them. And one of the things you also, when you're doing this, is to really unplug, you know, there's social media, there's technology, there's TV, there may be kids, all these different things, but, you know, to, to tune out distractions and really make an effort on a daily basis to be together and to listen. That's important. Is there a book or resource you recommend for couples? Yeah, you know what? There are so many. Um, one of the great classics that I love and I recommend is Getting the Love You Want by Dr. Harville Hendricks. I'm not sure if you have you heard of it. No, we have not. No, no. It's, it's a great one. He is just incredible and actually, um, you know, developed his own sort of therapy to work with couples. It's just a wonderful resource on how to develop a supportive and a great relationship. He talks a lot about how our childhood experiences affect, you know, obviously the way we feel about ourselves and how we interact with our partners. And it's just a really good roadmap to how to create love and intimacy and, you know, handle any of those um, common marital problems and power struggles and how to heal from them. I really, really like it. It's called Getting the Love You Want by Dr. Harville Hendricks. That book will also be listed on our show notes or your show notes page on our website, idopodcast.com, so listeners can go there and, and check out that book. Oh, wonderful. That's great. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give to an engaged couple or newlyweds? Yes. Well, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, I would just, yes, very, very exciting. Well, just to enjoy the journey and to have fun. It's so often people get caught up in the hype of the wedding day and all the stresses of wedding planning and, and that can all easily overshadow why you're getting married in the first place. And so, you know, the wedding day, hopefully yours will be amazing and so much fun, um, but also not to lose sight of the love you have, the bond you have, and the idea that you're creating a lifetime together, not just the day. And also just do the best you can with any of that pressure you feel from family or pleasing others. I don't know how your wedding planning is going, but I know a lot of times it can be very stressful. So just remember you're on the same team. You know, it's your special day together. Just enjoy it. Sarah's taking care of everything, so we're all good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. It's in October you and we're done. You got there. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you could give just one piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? Oh, one piece of advice. I'm going to go back to the self-love part. 
and really taking care of yourself again, the healthier, the better you feel about yourself, the better partner you're going to be and the healthier relationship you'll have. So just to really balance your own needs and taking care of yourself, achieving your own goals, you know, with what makes you happy and your partner happy. So to really be there for each other, you know, again, you're creating a life together, but you can also go after your own goals, do special interests, take time apart. This is all healthy and it's really okay. Um, So just keep taking care of yourself, do what makes you happy and, and, and do that, you know, with your partner and also by yourself. Well, we've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners today. Let's finish by telling us where our listeners can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Thank you so much, both of you. I really enjoyed my time. Um, listeners can find me online through my website. It's racheldack.com. I am also on Twitter. I'm really loving Twitter. It's so much fun. You can find me there at DAC, it's D-A-C-K Counseling, at DAC Counseling. Um, Or if you just go to my website, um, you'll see all of my links. I'm happy to connect with you online and and obviously support your listeners in any way that I can. And also just some exciting news to wrap up. I do have a book coming out March 20th with a bunch of other co-authors. It's going to be great. It's called Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life. Whoa. Um, and in my chapter, yeah, I know, Sexy right? and juicy. In my chap- <laughs> I like it. My chapter is all about um, creating and keeping the love that you find. So it's near the end of the book, and um, I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be another great resource. So um, that is something that you can look forward to. And if you go to my website, I'll keep you updated on that as well. Perfect. And our listeners know they can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And Rachel, we want to thank you so much for taking the time, coming on our show today, and for all the generous knowledge. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah and Chase. Take good care. I really appreciate it. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.